Feeling overwhelmed and frustrated by the obstacles you face? Well, you're not alone. The Resiliency Ninja is here to help. Allison Graham is a speaker, author, and business coach. But most importantly, she's on a mission to give you tools to succeed in times when it feels like life sucks. Now, here's your host, Allison Graham. Welcome back to the Resiliency Ninja podcast with me, your host, Allison Graham. And the goal here is to uncover stories of stress, obstacles, and adversity behind the success story. Now, I love that you are here. Thank you. You can always connect with me at r-ninja.com. And please, if you love this episode, seeing the behind the scenes look at an entrepreneur's life, and you never want to miss another episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, I would be exceptionally grateful if you leave a review. Now, I told you we have someone who is absolutely successful, uh, somebody who I've admired for a lot of years and have had the good fortune to get to know over the last little while, and his name is Peter Shankman. Hello, Peter. So funny, I hear you say it. I'm like, oh, who do you have? Wow, how cool. (laughs) And it's you, it's you. So in terms of formal introduction, I'll just read a little bit of this, but you can definitely get his full bio in the show notes. But New York Times has called Peter Shankman a rock star who knows everything about social media and then some. He is a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and corporate keynote speaker. He is recognized worldwide for radically new ways of thinking about the customer experience, social media, PR, marketing, advertising, and ADHD, attention and deficit hyperactivity disorder. Wow, that's a lot, eh? <laughs> what, what does it mean to radically you know, have new ways of thinking? That sounds very extreme. I think to me, it means that I am not someone who's ever really cared about what other people think. You know, the, the, the concept of doing it that way, because that's the way it's always been done, has never really fit into my lexicon. Of course, the downside of that is I get a lot of growing up in school, I get a lot of does not play well with others in history. You know, I, I just I've always looked at things differently. And that has been, you know, it's paid off for me multiple times. So does it not Hurt. Like, I'm curious about this because I think we should unpack this because I think a lot of entrepreneurs are self-conscious and they're worried if they're doing the right thing or they're going to say something that, you know, is dumb or whatever. And so I'm curious, is it that you really don't care or that you care and you're able to process it and let it go really quickly? I think a little bit of both. You know, at the end of the day, you want to focus on the things that can hurt you or the things that can help you and sort of dismiss everything in between. And so I've learned over time, it's taken a while, you know, not so much to care what other people think, right, about me who don't really matter in my life. You know, don't believe the reviews. Don't believe, you know, there used to be a website called Gawker and they used to have a file on me and they destroy me every time I did something. And, you know, eventually I just got to the point, well, what does it matter? You know, they're not paying my mortgage. By the way, Gawker's dead and I'm still alive. So there, um, you know, and- <laughs> There you go, Gawker. Exactly. (laughs) That karma's a bitch, right? Exactly. (laughs) So that works. I remember you telling a story last time I was at your Shank Minds Mastermind, which I want to talk about a little bit later, but you were telling the story about your mom. Like you had to tell her to stop worrying, like reading this Gawker stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually you have to do that. You have to realize that, you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is be the best you can be and try to make a difference. And that's it. That's it. Now, the first time I heard about you was through Harrow, 
when it first started. So those who don't know, Help Out a Reporter Out was one of the businesses. I, I know it's what you're really known for in a lot, but you've done so many other things. So I thought we'd talk about that off the top and then kind of let that go because you've sold that business at this point, right? I have. I sold Harrow about Scott eight years ago now. And Harrow was basically designed because like I said, I like to help people and I talk to everyone. When you're ADHD, it's pretty much, unless you, if I'm sitting next to you on an airplane, unless you fake your own death, I'm gonna know everything about you by the time we land. And that's awesome. Because it means that I'm doing, it means that I'm listening to you and I'm learning. And then, I'm, then I figure out, okay, I know this person. Who can I connect this person to someone else with? Who can I help this? You know, and so that built a very big Rolodex. And from that big Rolodex, I wound up starting Harrow. It just sort of like, here, how can I help? And that, it led into a very, very, very big, uh, big company. And that, that got acquired and I got very lucky. So the interesting thing, because that's a very authentic place for you to operate from to help other people. And on the other side, like, cause I, I started out teaching networking. And one of the things people will say is like, how can you help somebody else before you know? And yet on the flip side, there's also a little bit of due diligence, right? Like a referral or an introduction for a media interview or for a new gig. Like that takes a little bit of trust, right? We can't create trust in an instant. Well, and that was the beauty of Harrow is that everyone's like, oh, I can create, I can create this really, really simple. Da, da, da. And then Oh, there's a mailing list. And then what people realize is that no, what it actually is, is the fact that I have been helping, learning, dealing with people for going on what, you know, 15, 20 years now, right? And so what I built, the, the email list was the easy part of it, building the trust with reporters where, where they would actually say, okay, if Peter says he has someone I should know is not, you know, doesn't mean like he's trying to uh, just sell something like that. Did you like behind the scenes on doing that? Cause as you say, like building the email list was easy. Like it kind of created momentum and it just kind of went like wildfire. Tell me about what was happening behind the scenes. Was it stressful? Were you hitting up against obstacles? Was there anything that went wrong or was it like all magical unicorns? And no, I think things always go wrong. You know, the key is, can you laugh at them? Can you figure out ways to fix them? And can you not get crazy? And again, this is not something I learned overnight. It's taken me years to not get crazy. Um, I had a, uh, my, had a discipline my five-year-old daughter the other night because she, she um, after, after asking her to do something five times, she still hadn't done it. And so, of course, so I shut off the TV and God, God help you if you stop this pickleball me, right? But instead of going crazy, like she went, she started screaming and all that. And instead of screaming back at her, I said, here's why this happened. We're gonna and I was listening. It's funny. I'm like, wow, I'm really calm. Who am I right now? You know, but that's what I've learned over, you know, all these years of running companies and being an entrepreneur. Shit's going to go bad. When it does, going crazy doesn't fix it. Figuring out what went wrong and figuring out how to improve it. Does. So do you, is it that initial reaction? Like I, my whole thought with the resiliency piece is we can't necessarily influence how we initially react, but when we build these tools and skills, we can flip that switch very quickly. And that's the thing. I'm like, I am, the ADHD is a lot to do with this. Anything I've ever started has really started. And I started Harrow and took it from idea to actual website to actually having people sign up in about four hours. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's just pause there for a moment and remind our <laughs> listeners that shit doesn't need to take five years. Like, if you exactly. have an idea, get on it and make it happen and bring it to fruition and stop screwing around with perfection. Well, that's the thing. At the end of the day, you don't need to do, you don't need to be perfect. Done is better than perfect. And I'd love to see, you know, I, I, I think the, the worst thing in the world you could do is, is say, oh, I didn't do something because you didn't have the, because you were worried about what would happen. Right. Right. At this point, I'm like, you know, stop. It's not about like that. It's about, you know, just get it done. Just give it a shot. See what happens. What's the worst that happen? You fail. Well, if you don't do anything, you're going to fail anyway. Right? Right. But so you might as well try and, it. And is for some people, the unknown of not actually failing, you know, kind of keeps it an idea. 
right? And then it, you can't really fail with just an idea. I think sometimes people find it easier to play safe. I'm a huge failure. I'm a huge, I'm a huge failure and I'm a huge love of failure. It's awesome. So I know you do a ton of media work. Actually, I saw you on CNN and you were interviewed the other day. Any screw ups ever on air? Like anytime when you're like, oh, sugar, I shouldn't have said that. That's the funny thing is that when I go on TV, I'm actually really good because that TV on stage, those are my happy places. That's where the dopamine's flowing. That's where I'm the best. No, the, the screw ups come at like five in the morning where I'm, or three in the morning where I'm lying in bed about to get up and go work out and be like, okay, I guess today's the day the New York Times is going to tell me that I'm a mess up, I'm a screw up. And, and then when I don't see anything in the New York Times, well, obviously I'm not important enough for the New York Times to write about me. You know, it's like that, it's when my brain is quiet that the downside, that's, that's the bad side. My brain is quiet, the shit comes out. When the brain is good, when the brain, when I'm busy, I'm, that's awesome. Nothing ever bothers me. So I would call that the internal messenger of bullshit. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. I, I literally, the imposter syndrome I have is, is it, it, it power Cleveland, it's that strong. And do you, like, have you always recognized the imposter syndrome or is it something that you just now are like, oh shit, yeah, that's the imposter, like, do you call it? I always knew I had it. I mean, I realized it more as I was growing up what it was, but I always knew I had it. Yeah, I always knew, you know, what I was, what I was going to have. I always knew what my, um, what my, sort of how my brain, I never knew how my brain worked, but I always knew that I had this weird sort of like crazy, you know, I was always different, right? And, and it, it took several years before I realized that different doesn't mean wrong. Mm. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean wrong. A lot of people are probably sitting out there and like I have friends who are, have ADHD. I have friends who have children who have been diagnosed with ADHD. Now you've written on this topic. You've shared on this topic. You came out with this topic. Unpack it a little for us because you can succeed. There's got to be a different framework though from which you succeed than someone who doesn't have ADHD. For me, ADHD simply means my body doesn't have the ability to produce as much dopamine, serotonin, and adrenaline automatically as normal people do. Dopamine, serotonin, and adrenaline is the stuff that keeps you calm, relaxed, and focused when you need to be. So for me, I tend to focus on doing things that give me more of that, right? You know, there are negative things you could do. There's drugs, there's, there's alcohol, there's crime, whatever. Then there are the positive things you could do. There are, you know, exercise, there's getting enough sleep, there's skydiving, there's public speaking, I try to focus on things in my life that I do well that allow my dopamine to flow better. So to give you an example, I might go skydiving on a, on a Sunday, on a Saturday. I'll do like six or seven jumps. But after each jump, I'll sit down at the drop zone, throw my gear in a corner, sit down and, you know, type out 5,000 words in five minutes, right? 10 minutes. It's, it's because I am really, really good at knowing what makes my brain work? What makes me tick? What makes so I know that how high I am when I come off of a skydiver after I get off stage after a speech, I know that I'm in the perfect place to get to write, to create content, to get work done because that's where my happy place is. Right. And then do you in the times when you're not doing that, do you go out and seek it in order to get to a happy place or do you just crash? It it varies. I mean, that's why, for instance, that's why I run. That's why this morning I was running at 4.30 in the morning. Because if I want to be on during my day, I have to exercise. I have to do things that allow me to get that stuff done, that allow me to give my brain what it needs. And I know myself well enough to know there are things I need to do that make that work. There are things I have to avoid to allow that to work. You know? And you have to know yourself. And there's nothing, it's absolutely nothing wrong with knowing who you are and how your brain works. And you shouldn't have to apologize or justify that to anyone if you don't want to. Do you find a lot of, like, so a lot of your exercise, like you do crazy things, right? Like, like, and actually that's a judgmental word. Maybe some people, 
Well, that's the thing. It's not crazy to me. It's not crazy if it right, works. Right, because you're jumping out of airplanes that are perfectly good with propellers still going. <laughs> well, you've never seen these airplanes, you, you know, to that, to that defense that you've never seen these planes. I don't know how, you know, everyone who dies in an airplane usually dies when the plane impacts the ground. I'm just taking myself out of the <laughs> equation. But, you know, <laughs> but yeah, there is a point where, you know, these are things that I do that work for me. And, but again, as long as they work for me, Right. Exactly. Because you're doing the Ironmans too, right? What are you running? I know our timing will be off and when we record this and when it airs and people could be listening to it a year from now. This Sunday's the New York City Chapel. Oh, okay. So there you go. And you're going to, you're going to rock this. It's going to be great. I hope so. You know, I I hope so. On the same note, I'm, I'm running for a team this year and they just gave us our jerseys and small cut small does not begin to cover my jersey because there are many people on the team who are in great shape and who could wear a jersey that's cut and fitted small. I'm not one of those people. And yeah, so- I, I'm laughing yeah. because it's so cute because you actually told me this before we got recording, right? And I love hearing you so authentically with the body image. Like here, you have to wear this ridiculous top that's going to be too small for you. And you're like, I'm not getting any photos. <laughs> like- yeah, I, I kind of imagine myself. I'm going to be running it sort of like sloth from the Goonies, is what I'm what I'm feeling. But um, <laughs> it is what it is. So I'll still do it. And again, I'll just try to understand that it's about me and no one else. And when you're in that, like, isn't there a moment? I I'm not that strong an exerciser because I have uh, chronic pain, so I don't even know. Like, I I can't identify right. Like that it would be something that I would want to do. Right. How do you push through? Because I'm sure there's pain in the midst of this. I'm sure there's a point where your body is not on dopamine and it's going, I got to quit. Like, how do you keep going? Well, the, the, the thing, you know, if I had a friend of mine who's a former Navy SEAL and, and he, he, he's a good friend. He always says, um, the only easy day was yesterday. Oh my gosh. You know? I love that. <clears throat> I look at what things like, I look at what the things like, um, I look at what thing what the like Navy SEALs do and things like that. And I'm just like, you know what? I can, um, I, I could get through this friggin' race, right? It's like compared to what other people do, what other people go through, what I, I can get through this. And and there's always quitting is just as much as it might hurt to do the race, quitting quitting hurts even more. And I just don't want to do that. I just I want to, you know, I, I, there are very few things that I've given up in my life, but there are very few things that I've quit, and I know how I feel after that. And I'm just not a fan. And so you avoid that. That's what keeps you going. Yeah. On those awful times. Knowing how I'm going to feel if I do quit. I might finish last, but I've finished. If I quit, that doesn't go away. You know, the pain that I'm in, whatever the hell pain that is. Oh my God, my legs hurt. Da, 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 but that'll go away. I'll sit in an ice bath and I'll feel better. If I quit, well, that'll stick with me forever. Oh, wow. That's a great. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying at the end of the day, I'm not saying that business is only that, you know, you shouldn't, that you shouldn't quit when things get tough in your job, or whatever, but getting tough is not a reason to quit. It has to be about wanting to continue, about wanting to, about realizing that um, what you're doing, right, has to stay with you. You have to love it and it has to be great. And if you could do that. Do you think sometimes people stick around too long? Like if they have the staying power and the I'm not going to quit attitude and the business is not, doesn't have the foundational information, like it doesn't have the structure that it can actually make it. Like, have you seen that? Because you've interacted with thousands of entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, not everyone's designed to be an entrepreneur and everyone's not designed to be an entrepreneur. You know, at the end of the day, you have to figure out what you are, um, what you're good at. And, and I knew that I, like I said, I didn't play well with others, but that's okay, right? There are some people who, who love the, um, love the, uh, 
the nine to five and the direct deposit and the health insurance. And I think that's great. I don't begrudge them any of that. It just wasn't me. And I don't make any apologies for that. So the nine to five and the direct deposit, I I, I can't identify with that either. I, I I admire people who have that good for you. And the rest of us who are entrepreneurs, we generally live a bit of a roller coaster. Well, that's the thing. And the people who you have to have, that's what you have to have. That's why I started um, Shank Minds, my mastermind, because the people who... Um, the people who don't understand that are usually people you wind up with. I mean, unless you're married to an entrepreneur or living with an entrepreneur, you know, they're not going to get it, right? You might have a bad day, but they're like, but you still get to work for yourself? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, shut up. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, because there is a loneliness that comes with entrepreneurship. There is. And there's, and, but you learn to deal with it and you learn to appreciate the highs and appreciate the lows. And you learn to have a team and a group and a tribe of people with you for those bad days, right? I was in my tribe this morning complaining about, the imposter syndrome I felt about this damn race because of my neutrino sized uh, 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 jersey. But you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. And and they, they were like, I totally like, want to picture. Just get, get through, you know, they're like, just Peter, just get through it. Right. And that is so it's interesting because the jersey is, it's like a little obstacle. Like, so from the outside looking in, you're thinking, okay, that, that part is easy. Like I'd wear a shirt underneath it. That's a little bit longer and you know, all of that. And then, but maybe that doesn't work because you're going to be hot and sweaty. And like I would think that actually doing the race is a lot harder than the Jersey, but it is, it's a legitimate concern. It is a very legitimate concern and it's a bullshit legitimate concern because it's like a legitimate concern for me in the respect that, Oh my God, I, I looked up and everyone's like, no, you don't. I'm like, well, I feel like I do. Well, you don't. <laughs> right. Cause it doesn't really matter what other people think. It's about how do you feel? So did you ever have that roller coaster ride? Like I know you sold Harrow, uh, made some good coin I'm sure on that but was there ever a point in time when like money was tough or something wasn't working before you had that level of success I think that I mean obviously the answer is yes um but at the end of the day you have to find that balance between things that are going well and things that are not going well where do you find the middle ground where is the middle ground where you could say okay you know what I'm doing okay or I'm not doing okay but either way you know you have to make a decision, right? So the, the biggest problem I have is people say, oh, I'm so miserable, blah, 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 and they're doing nothing to change it. That just drives me up a wall. Because my premise is, look, if you're not happy with where you are in your life, move. You're, you're not a tree. <laughs> you're not a tree, right? people. If ever, although once I had a Halloween costume where I chose to be a tree, just for the record, <laughs> with big real branches, and we couldn't get me through the gymnasium oh, at school. It. But anyway, I digress uh, to that moment. But you're right. And people get stuck, like they're stuck in quicksand and they don't need to be. It's like people are throwing them ropes to help them or they could be helping themselves and they choose not to. I could see that as being a real pet peeve. It is. And, and you know, again, at the end of the day, you, I'd rather spend my time doing things that I think are useful. And that, look, that doesn't have to always be work. That could sometimes be stuff like sharing a really, really bad pun on Twitter just to make people smile. And I, I say that because I just happened to find a really, really bad, someone just sent me a really, really bad pun and I'm totally just sharing it on Twitter. And I will share it with your audience too because they, they, you shouldn't, they, Twitter shouldn't be the only one to groan right now. I just found an origami porn channel, but it's paper view only. Ha! Okay. <laughs> this is, <laughs> but it's literally, it's finding those little <laughs> things to make you happy and keep you going. You know, it doesn't always have to be work. It's nice to be getting your ass busted. It could be fun sometimes. <laughs> it is. And you, you take time out for your daughter. Like, I know we've been at events together where you're like, Hey, we'd love to go out with everyone. Gotta go going to pick up my daughter. So you've really managed to manage to 
balance that in some way, it seems. Well, at the end of the day, you find things that um, are most important to you, right? And, and for me, my daughter is the most important to me and she will always be. And so I want to make sure that I am treating her the way she deserves to be treated. It's beautiful. Yeah. And because sometimes you're traveling, right? And so it's so, but it's like you give focus time when you're with her. And then when you have to go and travel and do the other stuff, then you're focusing on yep. your work. Any uh, tips, just because you are a bit of a world traveler, shall we say? Because uh, I remember once talking to you and I'm like, I'm off to Singapore. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And any tips for the rest of us? Because I'm trying to build, as you know, my speaking business, which also means my travel is increasing a lot. And it's hard to, balance that and still stay healthy. What are your tips that you use? For me, I find, I find just uh, waking up early, going to sleep at the right time, excuse me, the right time in the right time zone that you're in. That helps you avoid jet lag. You got to always work out when you're on the road, you got to work out. You just find the time. Even if you have an 8am keynote and you have to get up at 4am to get the workout in, get it done. It'll help. It's, okay. For me, it's, it, those are just such mandatory, mandatory, mandatory. Things. Awesome. That's great. Uh, hey, where can people find you? My life is at shankman.com. The mastermind group I run is at shankminds.com. The ADHD podcast is faster than normal.com. And I am at Peter Shankman on all of the socials. So I will be sure that we have all of those links in the show notes in case uh, somebody didn't catch all of that. I really, I highly recommend the Shank Minds Mastermind uh, as I'm a part of that now. And I, I wasn't until uh, I chatted with Peter one day, I was calling him for a quote for some media work I was doing. And of course he picked up the phone, which was awesome. Huh. and uh, said, hey, you should come to New York. And being an entrepreneur who likes to say yes, I said, oh, okay, yeah, I will. <laughs> and it was probably the most pivotal day I've had in a long time. So really, thanks for putting that group together. I think it's uh, very valuable. I, I love hearing that. It's uh, obviously much more important when, the, uh, <clears throat> when someone comments who's not in the group. You know, No one believes how great you are, but you're the one that has to tell them. So yes, I agree. Very true. All right. Thanks so much, Resiliency Ninjas out there listening to this podcast. If you love it, please don't ever miss an episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And I would love, love, love if you would give a review because that's the only way that the platforms recognize that it's a great podcast for you to share. And I think there's a lot of valuable information here from our guests. So thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, embrace those obstacles that you have. Don't let them define your outcome. And I will talk to you in the next episode resiliency ninjas thank you for tuning in to resiliency ninja with allison graham we are thrilled to have you as part of our community if you enjoyed the show please rate and recommend it on itunes overcast or wherever you get your podcasts you can always connect with allison at r-ninja.com and find important links to show notes thanks for listening until next time Embrace whatever obstacles come your way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.